0: Thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is just a reminder that everything on the podcast is intended to be informational, educational, and entertaining. This is no way a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic process. If you find yourself in need of more direct support, please reach out for professional help. Or if you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or call 911. Labors of Love, and you're listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Uh, For the first time on the Labors of Love podcast, I actually have two guests who happen to be married to one another. So we're doing a couples cast today. So first I have Mr. Kingston Henderson, who is an author, a speaker, a trainer, and the CEO of Live With Life, and that is Life with a Y. And then I have Dr. Tira Henderson, who is an international student turned international mental health educator. And so, hello, you all. How are you today? Hello, hello. Good. Hello. Doing really well. Thank you. You're good. Thank you so much for um, for being willing to come onto to the podcast. And uh, just to give the listeners a background, to tell you just a little bit about how I know them slash don't know them, but I'm eager <laughs> to know them better, is um, I kind of peripherally came in contact with Tira when she was a faculty at the university that I had done my master's work at. And I had gone back to uh, be an adjunct and I was teaching some courses there and I would always stop through the, the master's program, the counseling program, and just check in with everyone. And she had just kind of relocated to kind of become part of this faculty and educating the students. And she was cool. So let's be real. She was a fabulous <laughs> Black woman um, who had emerged into uh, this place. And that alone piqued my interest. I wish she had been there when I was taking classes. I wanted to get to know her. Um, our paths didn't cross that often. Um, but we were able to just kind of check in with each other because that's that's what we do. And uh, as I've moved on in my business and she's done other things, I've, we've stayed connected via social media I've seen her relationship with her husband and the work that they do individually and collectively. And so I reached out to ask if they would be interested in joining us on the Labors of Love podcast. So with that, I want to start by asking each of you individually, what are your labors of love? And then maybe you can tell us what that looks like um, from your relationship standpoint.
1: So whoever wants to go first, go for it. Okay. Well, I'll go first. Um, Hey, everyone. So, When I thought about this for a little bit, I, um, you know, try to group everything that I do underneath this motto. So for me, my labor of love is to make sure that everyone that I encounter feels seen, loved, and heard. Um, And how that really shows up in my day-to-day life is as an educator, you know, I have the gift of being in contact with many students, you know, whether near or far, and, you know, just going through graduate studies is challenging in itself, you know, especially balancing work and life uh, relationships. So my goal is to always treat um, each individual that I come in contact with under those three um, three guidelines, I suppose. Um, in my work as a counselor, that also shows up too, because I only have a short amount of time to be with people. So it's kind of like, well, what what is my impact? Um what am I really, what is my purpose here with them at the moment? Um, and i found that those three ingredients really um, shine bright uh, in every single session that I have. Um, and even now, as a budding author, uh, I really zoom in on emotional toxicity uh, with women who have experienced uh, rejection, emotional rejection from parents, specifically um, their father, and for me, as I was even walking through my own life and um, just working on this project, that was my go-to. Is the reader able to feel seen? Um, do they feel heard and do they feel loved? Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's, awesome. that's what shows up, yeah. And Thank you it. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm
0: getting in my mind what I want to come back to, but no, that's that's, that's good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> so, Winston, what about for you?
2: Mm. I'm just sitting next to this amazing woman. And so I just, man, just listen to her anyway. So, um, (laughs) my labor of love is, is truly, it comes down to three things and it's, it's always been around igniting, inspiring and empowering people, uh, to be their best. And, and so what that looks like is, um, I'm a motivational speaker. Um, I'm coining myself now, the transformational speaker, because I, I don't want to just motivate people, but I want them to be inspired to, to take action, to change, uh, to, to really have a life impact. And uh, one of the models I do go by is you weren't put on this earth just to exist, uh, but you were put on this earth to, for a specific purpose. And so I help people uh, through coaching uh, find what their purpose is and equip them with tools and resources to help them move forward in it. And, um, you know, whether it's youth or whether it's uh, parents, whether it's corporate adults, uh, the goal is to ignite, inspire and empower them to to, you know, be the champions in their lives that they were they were born to be.
0: Awesome. So I, I can hear some overlap. Right. In, yeah, yeah. um, in what you two have have presented that there is this scene heard loved aspect yeah. that Tira was talking about making sure that that is coming across in every interaction that she has and then Kingston I hear from you um this motivating this inspiring this kind of being the cheerleader champion behind what are what people already possess and what they already have mm-hmm. but just kind of igniting that in them to go forward so mm-hmm. while there's clearly you know these generalized overlapping what how does this play out in your Relationship.
2: Yeah. So um, <laughs> it, it plays out really well. Um, where so much where it complements um, everything that we do. And then even when we, we just, since we just got married in August, yeah. we were, uh, you know, sitting down and talking, many conversations about how we fit together um, and, and how even you know, our businesses, um, but our lives fit together. And, and the common, common denominator is declutter. Uh, Mm-hmm. uh that we we came to an agreement with that we we are here to help people declutter th- their lives mm-hmm. um spiritually emotionally uh financially mm-hmm. relationally um, that's where our, our two powers combine uh, to help you know whole people walk this earth um in in, in, in an even greater way what you think babe?
1: yeah i think well Kenson is more of the big picture um so what does that look like uh, for us I'm caught in the details. So even you know as we're walking this journey of you know um, uh, with with our business, he's more of the person that you know coaches people as they find um, their purpose and I'm more of the person that put the action steps. I am a planner by heart. <laughs> I love pulling stuff apart, putting it back together and boom this is what we're gonna do. So I think you know once we realize that, it made this process even in the business world together. It made it even that much more exciting. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's good. So I was thinking, and, you know, when I invited you all to be on the podcast, um, you know, I was, I was intrigued part of my um, goal with labors of love podcast specifically is to highlight people in our community who are using their labors of love to impact the community. So that's what drew me. But as we've, even been preparing for today, it made me think of what, um, how relationships specifically Mm -hmm. with our partners and our life partners, people we do life with every day, how that impacts our ability to live out our labors of love and impacts our work. So it got me to thinking about, you know, my husband and I, Mm -hmm. Jay, you know, he was my very first podcast guest. So we, we've, you know, (laughs) we, we do this and we talked about his passion in labor fluff, which is sports which is not mine. Like I'm cool with sports, right. but it's definitely not something that is, is a, is a passion or a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And so for you all, there is kind of this very synchronistic um, thing you got going on where your, your combination of who you are together as like the Hendersons, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much part of who you are individually. But then I think about Jay and I, our work doesn't really overlap like that, or 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 our passions, but we have been able to, like what you were just talking about, you know, um, my words, what I heard is, Kinston is more macro. Mm -hmm. You know, he's looking at the big picture. And Tira is more micro, like, here's the nitty gritty, how we get it done. And we too have looked at what, who we are naturally, and, and what that means for our collective, our family, our businesses, And what we do playing to our strengths. And I, that has tremendously helped us. But I think before like a couple can understand how to make the relationship work, whether it's business partners or life partners, you have to really understand where your strengths are, Mm -hmm. where your challenges are as a newly married couple. Um, But just in general, what was that process like for you all? Finding your strengths, finding the challenges, you know, and kind of putting those things together in a way that makes life work.
1: (laughs) I think this is an it's an ongoing process, because for me, um, I was single for, you know, um, quite a while. So I knew myself well enough. And I think I got to a point where I was able to articulate that um, to anyone I dated. So even when kenson and i dated you know he knew certain things about me he knew that um you know i'm more of a planner he knew these things but i think it came together even more when i moved to uh columbus and he was able to see my personality and who i am in action so um for me i think it even came to the point where as we had to sit down and say well okay what are our strengths And figure out exactly um, what gaps do we fill in each other's lives. So I think that we're pretty fortunate that, you know, things mesh together. Now, it's not easy. It's absolutely not easy because you have two type A (laughs) individuals, you know, who who are strong in their identity. So it's kind of like, well, how do we exist together so that we maximize what it is that we're here to accomplish and to do? Mm So, um,
2: let me give her a, a quick story. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, before we got married, we, um, I used to do, well, I still do goal setting. And so I goal set for, for the month and, um, uh, my goal setting process started, you know, it only took me about, you know, for by myself, it's about a half hour and, you know, I can knock it out, get it done. However, <laughs> when I go set it with Tira, it turned into a six-hour project. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it almost made me start rethinking: was I really goal setting in the first place? Because um, it was so so many details. You know, <laughs> my my eyes are dried out. I'm my ears. I'm so tuned out right now. But I was like, wow. Um, but it was <laughs> but it was that that necessary uh, piece that I needed a part of my life because I'm again the big picture person. Uh, looking at things at the macro level um, mm-hmm. that I w- didn't realize I was missing so much stuff uh, to cover. And so, you know, but again, <laughs> I think it was acknowledging that, you know, my strengths and her strengths and, you know, being flexible enough to, to work with it. And, and it's definitely helped me uh, become a better man because of that.
1: Okay. <laughs> See, here's here's the thing, though. It's like our goals were the same. It's just that we accomplished it differently. For me, that's just how I was. That's just how I'm built. I can't say, OK, I'm going to do this. And then there's no steps to doing that. I love I'm color coded. That's the type of person that I am. And I'm trying not to make excuses for that anymore because that's just who I am. So I like to cross things off, put done next to it in a pink highlighter. And that speaks to me. You know, but for Kenson, uh, he just want to know. Okay, what do I have to do? Okay, cool, and that's it.
2: <laughs> Ten steps.
1: Ten steps, and that's <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: that's funny as you're talking. Me and Jay just kind of looking at each other. Um, so this that was a really great example. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. The goal setting, goal planning. So that was an example of a of a time or just kind of a process where. Kinston, you realize how you had been doing something was enhanced Mm -hmm. by the contributions that Tira brought to the equation. Have there been situations where you did things differently and then you come together and y'all like, nah, I'm gonna keep doing it this way. (laughs) And it's okay (laughs) that you keep doing it that way, but I'm gonna keep doing it this way, right? Because sometimes I'm, I'm gonna be, you know, I have committed myself to... Um, a life of authenticity and transparency, mm-hmm. right? I endeavor to show people all sides of myself. Um, and that really sometimes means I get, I get really real. And I know in relationships, sometimes they're very beautiful couples, but you only see the highlights mm-hmm. and you only yeah. see like all the successes. And it is, it is inspiring, I think. But I also think there is something very um, useful in like the real, real. So are there some things when you just kind of like, okay, we different and we just gonna have to be different because the (laughs) way I'm built and the way you're built is just so different. Let's just,
1: you know, keep it that way. Do you have any of those? Well, if we look like just relationally and not, um, you know, like on the business sense, for me, I, I think I'm with you on this. I am not a sports person. My family is, and I accept that. Okay. You want me to check in. Um, when you're watching sports, but you don't want me to ask questions. Okay, good. Got it. Um, and I'm okay with that, you know, and I, you're okay with that too, right?
2: I'm very okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, there are times when, you know, I say, well, I'm just going to go upstairs. I'm going to read um, because I'm really doing my own emotional health work. So he's okay with that. You know, we just try to figure out what what is our, not to say code word, but, we put aside that me time and I think it's complimentary just once we don't overindulge and forget each other in the same, in the same way. So for me, even how that showed up, let's talk a little bit about conflict. So for me, I, I was more, well, I guess I'm kind of still like an introvert, but for me growing up, I wasn't one to really express my emotions going through counseling. Um, then becoming a professor, all of that stuff. I did the work. So, well, I'm continuously doing the work and I'm very expressive. So for Kenston, um, he says, well, you know, babe, I want you to be, you know, open, honest, transparent, all this stuff. And I have no problem doing that at all. So I can go on and on about what I feel and I have all sorts of examples, all of this stuff. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. Kenston, but Kenson is different in that way. And I can't expect that same um, response from him. So the balance then is what works well for you? How do you receive, you know, um, feedback during conflict? And how can we, you know, smooth those those edges out? So that, yeah, that's a work in progress. Business side, I feel like we excel in that way because, you know, it came together that much more smoothly. But when we talk about Taipei conflict, it's like, okay, you're really emotional to your, I'm more clear cut. Where's the middle? So yeah, it looks differently in different spaces.
0: Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate how you're able to um, not only kind of be able to do that within your relationship, but then express that. I think that's important for people to hear. Sometimes I, I, you know, I've just, I've had enough conversations with people to, identify certain thought patterns and some people mm. think that you know you find the one right and then life just it, it, it becomes <laughs> perfect like the hard it, work ooh. is finding the one and once you do that like the work is over mm. and you know you just kind of melt into this perfect relationship and everything is all good and then there are some people on the other side of that spectrum who feel like that relationships don't exist without tension and conflict. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they really don't have what I call their template. Their template doesn't have space or room. Their lived experiences have not shown them healthy relationships. And so working with them to even identify what that means for them has been part of the work. Um, I like that. Something I heard in, in what you were saying, especially going back to more of the business side is the things that I cannot stand doing are things that Jay naturally finds joy in doing. <laughs> and, uh, right. that is helpful because <laughs> some things I just don't want to do. Yeah. And it's the thing. One big thing for us is gro- I hate shopping across the board, but grocery shopping drives me crazy. And he is like, <laughs> got it. Love it. You know, popping his headphones and, and it's like, you know, we watch, um, what is it? Guys, grocery games. On the Food Network, and I get oh. anxious just watching it because I don't like grocery shopping, and they have to like find the the groceries and the materials and you know different criteria, and then come cook a meal with a time frame. I'm just like, you are trying like <laughs> what? That is insane. And he's always like jazz, like yeah, I could do that. So that's one just pretty superficial example, but we have been able to figure out how to lean into preference and gift and skill mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. desire yeah. for each of us and and see how that you know fits both of our individual perspectives as well as our collective so that's super cool so how
1: did you all meet <laughs>
2: well do
1: you want the true story or you want, or you want his <laughs> version? or you want
2: her her, her <laughs> version because it is um, this couple versions
0: that is funny and we are over here cracking up because we always talk about versions okay because there is definitely a difference between our versions i consider mine to be the true version and his to be the slightly to moderately embellished version but how about you give us both
2: well i'll I'll give you the the real version first Um, okay my version (laughs) But no, seriously. So, um, you know, I did Facebook stalk her. You know, I don't know if people are listening to this podcast. Don't don't tell nobody. But you know, I Facebook stalked her, stalked her, and so my brother he um she had posted something on my brother's post, and I said, hmm, I wonder who she is. And um, you know, I was single, and so I, I reached out, and uh, he let me know that she was a, a pretty amazing woman, and um, and so I, I was like, nah, yeah. I'll, I don't know, so I waited, sat on, sat on it for a few weeks, and uh, but then I came back and uh, I reached out. Well, he made the connection, and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and then you know she she was all over me after that, oh, and um, really? that's okay. my story. I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> now, <laughs> I I just laughed, because that that just like it, there was kind of like this this kind of the tone of the story, and then, uh-huh. and then the, the the slight change in tone that you know, so. For a little bit of context, you all were in st- separate cities and states at that time. Is that correct? Yes. yes.
2: I am in. Okay. I was in Columbus and she was in Georgia, Atlanta, yeah. Georgia.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so thank you for the very condensed and what you say is accurate <laughs> uh, perspective, Kinston. Um, I'm going to move over to Tira and see if she has anything to amend, add, or delete <laughs>
1: from your version of the story. Yeah, we could just delete that part. <laughs> Which part? You're, you're like, the you missed thing? out. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 So this is, this is what happened. So he Facebook stalked me. That was correct. So I'd say, Absolutely. you know, we agree in that way. Um, and then he inboxed me and I was like, okay, who was this person? We had two, two mutual friends at the time. And I actually knew his brother and sister-in-law really well. We went to the same church, all of that good stuff so i was like okay well he's i guess he's from good stock they have the same last name maybe there's a cousin or something so you know i went i went um beyond what i would normally do which is add people i don't know at the time so Mm -hmm. immediately get this immediately he inboxed and you were good you were good with this he i guess did his research Uh so he knew that i just graduated um with my uh, terminal degree. And he, I, at the time I was blogging. So he also read some of my, <laughs> mm-hmm. some Talk of my it. blogs and, you know, he started, you know, infusing that into the conversation, all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, he said, I would like to, no, you didn't say you like to get to know me, but something he said, but he came back the next day and I was like, wait a minute, I think I need to focus a little bit because this isn't, this isn't just a casual conversation right now. It seems like he has more up his, up his sleeve. So anyway, you I think you told me though initially that you waited a couple months before you um uh, messaged. So he was smooth with that. Um initially I, I research I guess, but initially I was like, oh, okay, let me play it cool, you know, I'm trying to focus on career, that kind of stuff. Um so I wasn't super distant, but you know, after tons of messaging and phone number exchanges. And I actually called his brother to, you know, ask a little bit more about who he was. And, you know, if he was, you know, an all right guy. And (laughs) I guess the rest is history after that. You know, he he was very intentional. That's one thing I would say, um, what stood out to me is he knew what he wanted. He went after it. He, you know, And he was very open and honest from the beginning. So,
2: lockdown
1: really, (laughs) really, (laughs) really (laughs) very.
0: So, So can we can we get a a, can we get an overarching time frame? So, what was what was the time frame from like Kinston you noticing her and doing your in depth research for a couple (laughs) of months to
1: last Uh August? Uh huh. So the year was twenty (laughs) seventeen.
2: 2017 so a few, few months man so i reached out in june yeah and we started dating in oh this july. is your facebook stalking
1: anniversary right right it's right, right. June. uh-huh uh-huh
2: <laughs> then, then we start and then uh when well, she she got her life you know we we started dating in july yeah and then after
1: i told them no the first time ooh, but she told me she, no i did because i was like uh, is he really ready
2: yeah. Oh, this year, this year. That, right. It is my time. And so she had a come to Jesus moment, y'all. She had a come to Jesus moment. And then, uh, well, we got engaged in November, November 20, it 2018. 2018. Yeah. yeah. November okay. 2018. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was official from there. It was just.
0: And we are a couple we got of married in the last August. One year anniversary. Yeah. <clears throat> so,
2: yeah. Yeah. It felt like I, a long I, time, I, though.
0: I bet. Um, and so Tira, did you move
1: here before you got engaged or did you move here because you got engaged? So let me clear the air because Kenston would say that I actually moved here for him. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um, when I moved from Georgia, it was actually for, um, for the university that I was at. Um, so I moved, you know, based on that contractual agreement and then, um, I moved to Columbus in July of, yeah, so right before we got married, I moved um, in July. Yeah, of oh, last Gotcha. Last year. Yeah. So the contractual
0: agreement of work mm-hmm. with an undertone of, I'm going to be only 90 minutes away.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the
0: person got it. I'm just trying to pull the you both ends. You know what I mean? Talk it. it. Worked out. <laughs> I'm I, I'm I'm seeing how I can you know I translate. That's what I do. And uh-huh. family therapy. I, I I see both sides, and then I speak a language that appeals to both. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, as you were talking, um, just kind of about how you met and things like that. I began to kind of think about. Just how different if I ever had to go back to a space of dating or not even that, if I, if I, if I had done the healing work that I've done now back before Jay and I got together, like, I just think of some questions that I would ask that I would have never thought to ask before. And that would have been like, Hey, let's talk about your family's generational trauma. Mm.
1: Can we do that?
0: how does that manifest in your family? Like there are so many things that I think are important to know yeah. that I did not know uh, were important to know back then. Um, but yes, I can appreciate um, Kinston's research <laughs> and, and, and just even how, you know, like we call it Facebook stalking and like, we're kind of joking in research, but at the same time, there was an effort and energy that you put into her as a person, before you even initiated contact, yeah. right? You read her writing. Do mm-hmm. you still read her writing?
2: I do. I do. She she doesn't know, but I, I still do.
0: Yeah. Because it, it's, so it's, are... it's,
2: it's insightful, right? And so, you know, they were blogs, and so it lets me in on on what's going on on the inside, of her, or what was going on on the inside of her.
0: Yeah. I just think about... um There are these uh, phases in relationship Mm -hmm. where um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lean on some um, older wise women vernacular for this. Right. Mm -hmm. But what you did to get her, you got to do to keep her or what you did, what you did to get them, you got to do to keep them. So this, this idea that sometimes we, we put forth a lot of effort and energy Mm -hmm. and intentionality during the courting phase when we're getting to know a person and when we're trying to convince them that we are the person they should be with. But once we kind of make that a thing, like once it's a thing, we've moved in together, we're married, we're whatever that looks like. Once it's a thing, how easy it is sometimes to allow some of that effort and intentionality to slip away for other things. Mm -hmm. So how do you all maintain the effort, the intentionality you know, the energy, how do y'all keep that going in your relationship so that you kind of can continue to move forward with some of the same passion?
2: Yeah, so um, because we're both, I think, uh, life learners, Mm -hmm. um, and we're we're always looking to see what we can do to to be more to each other, you know, intentionality looks like us, you know, usually every Wednesday, there's a, a date night, or there's a Uh, Time for us to talk about things that we don't do well. Um, One of those areas being transparent is, you know, conflict. You know, um, how to resolve conflict even better than we have before. Mm -hmm. uh, Because we both have strong, uh, can have strong personalities um, when we feel that we are right. Mm -hmm. um, But we always have something to learn. And so that looks like us sitting down uh, with a book. Or with a few things that talks about conflict, us watching a video, Mm -hmm. us, um, yeah, just doing different things to make sure that we're covering those areas. But it also looks like in my own time, you know, I have a couple books, go to books that I continue to read. Uh, One is Kingdom Men by Dr. Tony Evans. And then The Power of a Praying uh, Husband. Uh, So that way I'm still continuing to equip myself with necessary tools to, to be the best for her. Um, and I know she has some, some good books that she's she's checking out as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, um, it's me knowing what again, like what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, and then how they show up sometimes in the in our relationship. So I we actually do a lot of check ins. Um, that can look like once a week. Sometimes it might be more frequent than that, and it can be in the form of just like a question. Well, hey, how's it going? How are we doing? You know, because a lot of times when conflict happens, it's as a result of not checking in more frequently. Um, So that has been really, really beneficial for me. And since again, like I'm the one who likes to write and journal and that kind of stuff. I have a separate notebook really for us. And it looks like, you know, some of the things that we might have shared, because if I don't have it. In the in front of me, if I can't read it or reflect on it, then the patterns that I have won't change. So for me, I'm more on that uh, mindset, and also looks like me doing my, well, us doing our individual work. So I know the areas that I need to grow in, and what has been amplified since being married. So I've sought out um, whether it's like Facebook groups to be a part of, whether it's um, different types of podcasts to be a part of. Um, you know, just, just things that can really enhance me as a, as a wife. Um, I think that was super, super important. And then now one of the stages that I'm in is I guess rebuilding community because I found that that was super, super important to me when I lived in Georgia. Um, when I lived in Cincinnati, even it was, you know, just for a short period of time, having that sense of community really, really, really helped. So yeah, check-ins, um, date nights and it looks different I mean it doesn't have to be all out it could look like us chilling on the couch and you know saying well hey this is our designated hour (laughs) and for me that does something okay well let me you know let me put on a little something or whatever nice dress or or what have you and it changes the tone for me and it says hey we're being intentional about each other right now so yeah nice
0: and I I love that intentionality I think is, is very important just in general. Mm -hmm. as i i hear you talking about what that looks like for you all i i reflect on how difficult the last what are we in june now Mm -hmm. last two and a half months have been for us as a couple Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: of covid so (laughs) what covid Mm -hmm. did was it brought our children home full time and by full time that means all day Mm -hmm. every day okay 24 7 children in the house (laughs) and so Um, You know, in the in the first few months, I think like most people, we were just trying to get our wrap our minds around uh, uh, structure and what this looked like, how to make sure my son was, you know, being educated from home, how to keep the girls occupied and busy, how to continue to do my work, how he could continue to do his work. So we were trying to figure all that out. But as time went past, it was probably several weeks ago when I was like, yo, I miss my husband. Mm-hmm. like I we have been in the same house together but I miss him and he missed me because we we didn't get that time together and our daughter's sleep habits or whatever we want to call them completely regressed so I mean I was waking up every morning with there four people in our bed instead of two oh. um and so You know, before (laughs) COVID, we had learned to really maximize our intentionality. Mm -hmm. We knew once we had our twins that date nights were a thing of the past, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And even there for a while, it really hit home when uh, my mother-in-law passed away. She was our go-to. She was our champion. She was the person who made sure we had that time together, kept the girls and stuff. So when she passed away last March... It was like, okay, so if we are not going to be able to do date nights, how do we maximize our time together so that we had so much richness in our days, like we were very intentional about working in the same co working in the same space, even if we were doing different things, lunch dates um going you know our 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 Costco run was a thing we loved right mm-hmm. so we had learned how to do what may have seemed like mundane or not fun things together mm-hmm. and it was amazing well when covid happened someone always had to be manning the children and so we weren't able to spend time together just the two of us and even when we could kind of still away a couple of hours my son actually kind of had a huge meltdown in the middle of covid and once we got to what was underneath it was that he missed us too without his sisters mm. <laughs> he was tired of just spending time with mom just spending time with dad like he wanted us together as a pair and that is very challenging with you know toddler girls or preschool girls so it it was just this whole shift in our house that we were really impacted by not just our routine and structure being dismantled, but uh, the quality of relationships we were able to kind of establish together. And what we did was kind of like out the window. Yeah. And so, you know, one thing I want to throw out there to listeners is one, don't take for granted kind of what you do have. I know it took me a long time to get over not having date nights in the resentment <laughs> that I had Around we should be able to do this. But once I was able to put that aside and say, well, how do we make, what do we have together? Now I, I definitely don't take those things for granted because I, we've had to live the last few months realizing what it's like not to have them. And I think intentionality is a, a very huge part in that. I also think that being able to truly appreciate um, being together period. Like I realize now that sometimes just being in the same room doing separate things can still fill me up. And it doesn't have to be necessarily a shared activity or a shared whatever. However, we've had to talk about that. So you all talked about conflict, which I appreciate. And I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about communication. I have a lot of couples that come to me for therapy. And during the initial consultation call, what they say is, we have a hard time communicating. We can't, no, what, no, that, that's that's not fair. They say, we can't communicate. Oh. And I always say, not true. <laughs> you can't talk to each other, but y'all communicate all the time. That slam door, mm-hmm. that was communication. Yeah. Right. The fact yeah. that you are sleeping in a separate bedroom, that is communication, right? So we are constantly communicating, but sometimes we're not talking to each other. So mm-hmm. how do you all kind of address and tackle communication within your relationship?
1: Oh, yeah, this is a big one right here. Um, communication is probably our number one focus, um, just because we know that we are communicating is just how well do we communicate? And not just that, but how does Kenston want to be communicated to? How do I want to be communicated? Because he can think that he's doing everything to communicate well, but if it's not in the way that I receive it, then it's kind of like, you know, the old saying, two ships passing um, each other. So again, you know, I love steps and, you know, (laughs) all of that. But what that looks like for us is we brainstormed at least 10 ways we can communicate, whereas in a healthy way. So things that we want to explore uh, for our communication. So it might look like if we're talking about something that's tough, um, holding hands, is that an option? You know, it's an it can be an option when we try it and we feel like it has worked for both of us. So we kind of go down, you know, different, different things that we think about to see what really gives us the result that we're looking for. Because we know that conflict in our communication happens all the time, but we don't want to just communicate we want to be able to speak each other's languages and i think early on um when we did premarital counseling we you know did the assessments to kind of understand ourselves a little bit more um we even did like an apology language um assessment because i like when he take ownership on you know things that that might happen and um you know that's that's what really you know feeds me um so It's being intentional in those ways and, you know, just being open to explore what works because it's not an option for us to say, well, okay, you're going to sleep in this room, that room, and you throw a temper tantrum and all of this, you know, it it can get wild, but I feel like a way for us to pull back is when we do say, well, hey, let me take about a few seconds to kind of think through this. I'll tell Princeton, well... I'm processing, you know, that's a counselor term, (laughs) but I'll say, well, I'm processing this right now. Um, if I shut down, Kenson knows what that looks like. So he wouldn't just leave me in that space. He would try, you know, things, um, to see what actually works for me. So, and vice versa. So that openness definitely is key and not just accepting, um, what happens in communication to be like a, oh, this is just us. So we, we try not to use that that term. Well, that's just how he is. That's just how she is. That's not, it's not good enough. And that's what I say. You know, if we don't communicate well, um, I would say, well, that's not good enough. Like we gotta, you know, continuously work at it. And remembering, I think the foundational thing is remembering that we are not competing against each other. We're not each other's enemies. Um, we're a team. So just having some of those co-words or even if it's like a wink or if it's a whatever it looks like, it's like, look, hey, we might be working through this, but we're still a team. You know, you're still my best friend and vice versa. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Can't anything to add or is it just kind of a ditto on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, she, she, I think she said it all. She she did good. <laughs> <All sounds fair. laughs>
0: So uh, something I talk about very frequently just in life, but also on the podcast and, and trainings and stuff is what I call our templates. You know, as we are growing up in our family systems and navigating social structures, we develop a template and that template pretty much tells us how life works. It tells us what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. It tells us what people expect from us and what we should expect from other people. You know, it just really informs how we show up and engage with the world around us. And so when couples are having a lot of conflict, conflict is not bad, but when they're having conflict that can't get resolved or they're having increasing difficulty in navigating that, you know, people like to say, you know, we're bumping heads. And I say, I think you're bumping templates. And so we have to go back and look at how our preferences for, so, you know, we'll say things like our love language or our apology language or our Enneagram type or all of these things, right, of who we are. But I like to take it a step further and say, how did you get there, right? Mm -hmm. How did you come to the point where accountability is a fundamental, foundational part of apology, That is part of our template as well. What we saw play out, what we didn't see play out, how that works. And so I love working with couples to help them individually and collectively explore their templates. Not just this is how I am, because people do say that often. And what I say to that is so many of us are walking around living out our trauma, but we call it personality. Mm -hmm. That's just how I am. Mm -hmm. That's just how I do things when we don't understand, well, how that is oftentimes unresolved trauma in its manifestations, because when we have trauma and I, I, when I'm talking trauma, I'm talking about adverse childhood experiences. Sure. But I'm also talking about these developmental and relational experiences we had growing up that truly did impact how we see the world. And that is foundational into how we show up. We out of those experiences come our worldviews, our beliefs and our behaviors. And so when we see a behavior relationally, and it's kind of like, why do I do? Well, that's just what I do. Well, how did that come to be? It is very often the response to some experience you had, and it has either kept you alive, kept you safe, or helped you avoid pain. By helping Mm -hmm. couples to individually and collectively understand that so much of what they do is pain avoidance, emotional, psychological pain, relational pain and then being able to lean into the safety that they can create with each other, they realize that they're not bumping heads, they're bumping templates. And we can, we can see what parts of those templates still are effective for me. Yes. It helped you survive your family system, but now you've created another family system and some of that stuff don't need to come to this next one. Some of that stuff we need to let go. Some of that stuff we need to reclaim. So I think it's just very effective to be able to, help people in that way and it sounds like you all are very intentional about doing that work on an ongoing basis which i appreciate because i'm frequently talking to families and couples too about renegotiations mm. when we start a relationship we negotiate whether we call it that or not whether we sign a piece of paper whether we write down the terms we've negotiated this is how we're going to engage with one another but mm. unlike everything else in life. Businesses renegotiate all the time or they should. We start a relationship one way and without renegotiation, we just find ourselves looped in these patterns that are no longer serving us. The way Jay and I interact right now, goodness, I hope it changes when our girls are 10 instead of four. Right. (laughs) -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hope that definitely changes when they're adults. And it has certainly changed since they were infants. Right. But if we are not intentional about coming to the table in renegotiating our engagement to say, okay, what are we shifting? Then we have conflict because people shift all the time. The problem is they don't communicate why they're shifting. Mm. And then the other person is just like, you acting funny. You acting funny. <laughs> why are you doing that? <laughs> well, you did that, right? So we have these conversations when really we just kind of need to come to the table and say, hey, let's renegotiate. How we're engaging together and that can be truly effective. So I appreciate you all for, you know, giving us kind of the insider glimpse of kind of how your relationship continues to unfold um, in very intentional and positive ways. I want to give an opportunity now for you all to just talk a little bit about um, live with life, because I know Kinston, that is your business, but Tira, I also know that you are kind of, helping him build that from the ground up. So can you tell the listeners a little Mm -hmm. bit about what that is and and how, you know, how it is helping the community?
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. So so Live With Life came about in in 2016, where um, I was in corporate America for, at that time, I think about 15 years um, in HR, human resources. And, you know, uh, at that time I was in benefits administration, but, you know, all signs kept pointing back to Kinston, you need to be in training and development, Kinston, you need to be, you know, motivational speaker. And, you know, with a lot of prayer, I started taking action steps towards um, launching my business. And, um, you know, uh, that was scary at the time. And, uh, but, um, you know, I leaned forward and, and accepted the call. And so Live With Life was birthed because again, it was me walking the walk as I, I, as I talked to people and I motivated them and inspired them in, in everything that I did. And so from a community of teaching courses uh, or doing workshops, uh, but in the corporate office, taking on volunteer opportunities, uh, but then, you know, being afforded opportunities to speak and train, it just all aligned. And so um, again, a lot of prayer and, um, and then, you know, we just took that, that leap of faith. And so it was birth. And, um, you know, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing ride just so um, being able to do what I was purposed, what I was put on this earth to do. And that's, you know, to really it's, it's provide professional development, personal development uh, for organizations. Um, and so that looks like a lot of leadership development, starting with self-leadership um, all the way to organizational leadership. And then uh, I do a lot of team building, and uh, again, that's it's all around self uh, self leadership is, is what my core is. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then Tira, she is my uh, chief. Uh, my, <laughs> I got a title. My <laughs> she has a title. Uh, my chief uh, communications. Uh, Officer. Oh, yeah. And so she handles everything communication, anything that goes out <laughs> <laughs> and, and needs revised before I put it out to the world because uh, I need all those grammatical uh, mistakes covered up. <laughs> but,
0: no, I feel you. I remember when I was like, you need a title, babe. put your title? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so much.
2: Yeah. yeah and
0: mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I can I can feel that. <laughs> Um, and just for the record, Kinston, can you tell us what your uh, TED Talk title or not title, but your TED Talk topic was when you yeah. did that?
2: So my TEDx was um, about active racial reconciliation. And, and so, the you know, the idea stemmed that, you know, talking about race is a scary topic. Um, and, and so I wanted to watch that and give people tools to be able to have those uh, tough, I call them necessary conversations about race. In their communities, their churches, um, and in the offices, um, you know, we've been doing. A, I've been doing a lot of implicit bias work and diversity and inclusion uh, lately. Uh, but it really comes down to you know having human conversations and and really addressing you know again this race topic in a more effective way. Uh, but you know the three ingredients that I talked about in the TEDx was uh, in order for any conversation that that could seem tough. To happen, respect, empathy, and maturity um, needs to be a part of it. Um, if those three ingredients are in part of it, then anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, I wanted to share with the world. Um, but it's taken it on a, another phase, and you know that's why I built a workbook uh, for groups again to dive deeper, because uh, the TED is the TED talk is only twelve minutes, um, but it's really to to really for people who truly are trying to get everything that is going on currently in the world right now. Um, So that was very timely that it it was released, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was my goal and uh, my purpose for doing that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I think that work is uh, always needed, but right now, as we stand during this taping, uh, yeah. Right. So, (laughs) um, you know, I know that my work has, Um, it it was always there. Right. But it has taken a very intentional pivot from generalized uh, trauma, responsive talk to recognizing racism and oppression as trauma and dealing with it through that lens. So I appreciate that. We'll definitely link your um, TEDx talk to the show notes, as well as any other information where people can reach out to you and find um, the workbook that you're talking about. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, Tira, you mm-hmm. mentioned being a budding author. So tell us a little bit about the book you're working on so we can keep our eye open for that.
1: Oh, nice. It's actually um, titled The Couch, Where Life Happens. So I, it was birthed really from the tons of conversations that I had um, with you know people that I encountered, um, who I invited into my home or apartment at the time you know, just to have those real life conversations. It was, some of the pieces talk about um, being desensitized and comfortability. There are fun pieces that talks about, well, um, you know, if I want to order water with lemon, don't shame me. Don't shame me because I (laughs) don't have the budget for a beverage, um, you know, a drink or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. it's very, very conversational and it's different from what I, Um, normally do but it grew out of me just reflecting on my own life experiences and um, me doing the emotional work that's necessary so there are tough pieces in there um, about race and racism as well but there are also folks on what does it mean to really be a true friend Um, are you robbing me from the experience of being a true friend Um, it has some family uh, components in there as well so it's really just what does life look like from the couch when you're comfortable with your friends um, who you invite over to have dinner or whatever it, it looks like, you know. So I'm very excited for it because, um, you know, it's been in the works for a long time. But, you know, you just get to a point where you're like, hey, I need to tie up these loose ends. I need to complete what I started. And, yeah, here we are. So it's for it's specifically geared towards women. Um So I'm excited. And I'm also working on a journal that's going to be a component to it.
0: Thank you for sharing. So we will definitely keep our eyes open um, for that um, as it comes out and look for updates on that. Um, The Hendersons, I want to thank you so much, you know, for being my first couple, like the podcast centered around your coupleness. Um, I really, (laughs) you know, appreciate that. So if people are interested in, you know, reaching out to either of you for whatever, they heard something that was intriguing or the work that you're doing, they are inspired by or want to make connections. Can each of you just kind of give us a little bit of information about how people might find you?
1: Oh, yes, yeah, sure. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Tira dot Henderson. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn at Tira L. Henderson um, and Facebook as well as Tira L. Henderson.
2: And then for me, you can find me on Instagram at LiveWithLife and Facebook Live With Life mm-hmm. and then LinkedIn Kinston L W L. Nice.
0: So we will of course link those things in our show notes. Again, thank you all so much for taking the time out and just kind of bringing yourselves and your relationship kind of to to the table so that people could hear from you what you're doing in the community and all of that uh to all of my listeners thank you so much for tuning in i always appreciate it don't forget if you want to reach out to me you can go to my website www.thelaborsoflove.com or on all the major social media outlets don't forget the youtube channel every thursday we put out a therapy thursday video Uh, Head on over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. And as always, like, review, share, and comment on the podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Until we connect again, you all be well.